0: chapter 11 of little meg's children by Hesba this LibriVox recording is in the public domain chapter 11 little meg's baby the new year came but little meg's father had not arrived kitty was having a mad outburst as if she had so long controlled herself that now it was necessary to break out into extra wickedness she came home late every night very drunk and shouting loud snatches of songs which wakened up the inmates of the lower stories and drew upon her a storm of oaths but she continued always good-natured and kind to meg and insisted upon having the daily charge of robin and the baby though meg left them in her care with a very troubled and anxious spirit things were looking very dark to the poor little woman but she kept up as brave a heart as she could waiting from day to day for that long-deferred coming of her father in which she believed so firmly it was a little later than usual one evening for the days were creeping out since the new year when meg climbed wearily upstairs to kitty's attic in search of her children but found that they were not there mr grigg told her that he had seen kitty take them out with her in the afternoon and even while he was speaking meg saw her staggering and rolling into the court with the baby fast asleep in her drunken arms meg took it from her without a word and led robin away upstairs robin's face was flushed and his hand was very hot but the baby lay in her arms heavily without any movement or sign of life except that breath came through her parted lips and her eyelids stirred a little meg locked the door of her attic and laid her baby on the bed while she lighted the fire and got their tea ready robin looked strange but he chattered away without ceasing while he watched her set the things in readiness but the baby would not awake it lay quite still on meg's lap and she poured a little warm tea into its mouth but it did not swallow it only slept there with heavy eyelids and moving neither finger nor foot in a strange profound slumber it was smaller and thinner than when mother died thought meg and she lifted up the lifeless little hand to her lips hoping that its eyes would unclose a little more and that sweet loving smile with which it always welcomed her return would brighten its languid face but baby was too soundly asleep to smile little meg sat up all night with the baby lying on her lap moaning a little now and then as if its slumbers grew more broken but never lifting up its eyelids to look into her face and know it when the morning dawned it was still the same Could the baby be ill? asked Meg of herself. It did not seem to be in any pain, yet she carried it to the door and called softly for Kitty to come and look at it. But there was no reply, only from below came up harsh sounds of children screaming and angry women quarreling. Oaths and threats and shrieks were all the answer Meg's feeble cry received. She sat down again on her mother's low chair before the fire and made the baby comfortable on her lap while robin stood at her knee looking down pitifully at the tiny haggard sleeping face which meg's little hand could almost cover what was she to do there was no one in angel court whom she dare call to her help baby might even die like the greater number of the babies born in that place whose brief lives ended quickly as if existence was too terrible a thing in the midst of such din and squalor at the thought that perhaps baby was going to die two or three tears of extreme anguish rolled down little meg's cheeks and fell upon baby's face she could not cry aloud or weep many tears she felt herself falling into a stupor of grief and despair when robin laid his hand upon her arm why don't you ask god to waken baby he asked i don't know whether it'd be a good thing she answered mother said she'd asked him over and over again to let her take baby along with her and that'd be better than staying here i wish we could all go to heaven only i don't know whatever father would do if he came home and found us all dead maybe god'll take me and baby said robbie thoughtfully and leave you to watch for father i only wish baby had called me meg once afore she went cried little meg the baby stirred a little upon her knees and stretched out its feeble limbs opening its blue eyes wide and looking up into her face with its sweet smile of welcome then the eyelids closed again slowly and the small features put on a look of heavenly calm and rest meg and robin gazed at the change wonderingly without speaking but when after a few minutes meg laid her hand gently upon the smooth little forehead THE SAME CHILL STRUCK TO HER HEART AS WHEN SHE HAD TOUCHED HER MOTHER'S DEAD FACE. IT DID NOT SEEM POSSIBLE TO LITTLE MEG THAT BABY COULD REALLY BE DEAD. SHE CHAFED ITS PUNY LIMBS AS SHE HAD SEEN HER MOTHER DO, AND WALKED UP AND DOWN THE ROOM SINGING TO IT, NOW LOUDLY, NOW SOFTLY, BUT NO CHANGE CAME UPON IT, NO WARMTH RETURNED TO ITS DEAD COLD FRAME, NO LIFE TO ITS CALM FACE. She laid it down at length upon the bed, and crossed its thin wee arms upon its breast, and then, stretching herself beside it with her face hidden from the light, little Meg gave herself up to a passion of sorrow. If I'd only ask God for Christ's sake, she cried to herself, maybe he'd have let baby wake, though I don't know whether it's a good thing. But now she's gone to mother, and father'll come home, and he'll find nobody but me and Robbie, and the money's safe oh i wish i'd ask god meg said robin after she had worn herself out with sobs and tears and was lying silently beside baby i'm very poorly i think i'll go to live with the angels where mother and baby are gone meg started up and gazed anxiously at robin his bright eyes were dimmed and his face was flushed and heavy he was stretched on the floor near the fire in a listless attitude and did not care to move when she knelt down beside him and put her arm under his head it ached he said and it felt burning hot to her touch meg's heart stood still for a moment and she dropped her tear-stained sorrowful face upon her hands pray god she cried Don't take Robbie away as well as baby. Maybe it wasn't a good thing for baby to stay now mother's dead, though I've done everything I could and there's been nobody to take care of us but you. But pray God, do let Robbie stay with me till father comes home for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Meg rose from her knees and lifted up Robin as gently as she could, soothing him and talking fondly to him as she took off his clothes. When that was finished, she laid him on the same bed where the baby was sleeping in its last long sleep, with its tiny face still wearing an unspeakable calm, for Robin's little mattress had been sold some time ago. The day was just at an end, that sorrowful day, and a lingering light from the west entered through the attic window, and lit up the white peaceful features with the flushed and drowsy face of Robin beside it meg felt as if her heart would surely break as she stooped over them and kissed them both her lips growing cold as they touched baby's smiling mouth then drawing her old shawl over her head she locked the attic door securely behind her and ran as fast as her feet could carry her to mrs blossom's house robbie's ill gasped meg breathlessly as she burst into the shop the shutters of which were already put up though it was still early in the night and i want a doctor for him where shall I find a doctor? Mrs. Blossom had her bonnet and cloak on and looked very pale and flurried. When she answered, Meg, she kept her hand pressed against her heart. I'm jest a goin' to one, she said, the best at this end o' London, Dr. Christie, and you'd better come along with me. He knows me well, Meg. I've seen somebody go by to-day as was like Posy, only pale and thin, but when I ran out she was gone like a shadow. I'm a-going to tell Dr. Christie. He knows all about Posy and me." but meg scarcely heard what mrs blossom said all her thoughts and interest centred in robin and she felt impatient of the slow progress of her companion they seemed to her to be going a long long way until they came to better streets and larger houses and by and by they saw a carriage standing before a door and a gentleman came out and got into it hurriedly why bless me exclaimed mrs blossom there's dr christie stop him meg stop him MEG NEEDED NO URGING BUT RUSHED BLINDLY ACROSS THE STREET. THERE WAS ALL AT ONCE A STRANGE CONFUSION ABOUT HER, A TRAMPLING OF HORSES' FEET AND A RATTLING OF WHEELS WITH A SUDDEN TERROR AND PAIN IN HERSELF, AND THEN SHE KNEW NO MORE. ALL WAS AS NOTHING TO HER, BABY AND ROBIN ALONE IN THE ATTIC, AND MRS. BLOSSOM AND POSY. ALL WERE GONE OUT OF HER MIND AND MEMORY. SHE HAD THROWN HERSELF BEFORE THE HORSES' HEADS, AND THEY HAD TRAMPLED HER DOWN UNDER THEIR FEET when little meg came to herself again it was broad daylight and she was lying in a room so bright and cheerful that she could neither imagine where she was nor how she came there there was a good fire crackling noisily in the low grate with a brass guard before it and over the chimney-piece was a pretty picture of angels flying upwards with a child in their arms all round the walls there hung other pictures of birds and flowers coloured gaily and glittering in gilded frames another little bed like the one she lay in stood in the opposite corner but there was nobody in it and the place was very quiet she lay quite still with a dreamy thought that she was somehow in heaven until she heard a pleasant voice speaking in the next room the door of which was open so that the words came readily to her ears i only wish we knew where the poor little thing comes from said the voice i'm vexed i don't answered mrs blossom I've asked her more than once and she's always said it's down a street off Rosemary Lane and along another street and up a court, but there's a girl called Kitty living in the back attic, as takes care of the children when Meg's away. She's sure to be taking care of them now. In an instant memory came back to little Meg. She recollected bending over Robin and the baby, to kiss them before she came away, locking the door safely upon them. Oh, what had become of Robbie in the night? she raised herself up in bed and uttered a very bitter cry which brought to her quickly mrs blossom and a strange lady i want robbie she cried i must get up and go to him directly it's my robbie that's ill and baby's dead i'm not ill but robbie's ill if he isn't dead like baby afore now please please to let me get up tell me all about it said mrs blossom sitting down on the bed and taking meg into her arms "'We are in Dr. Christie's house, and he'll go and see Robbie in a minute,' he says. "'Baby died yesterday morning,' answered Meg, with tearless eyes, for her trouble was too great for tears. "'And then Robbie was took ill, and I put them both in bed, and kissed them, and locked the door, and came away for a doctor. "'And there's been nobody to take care of them all night, only God.' meg's eyes burned no longer but filled with tears as she thought of god and she laid her head upon mrs blossom's shoulder and wept aloud god has taken care of them said mrs christie but she could say no more where is it you live dearie asked mrs blossom it's angel court answered meg but there mustn't nobody go without me please to let me get up i'm not ill you're very much bruised and hurt my poor child said mrs Christie. i must go pleaded meg urgently i must get up i promised mother i'd never let anybody go into our room and they mustn't go without me they're my children please if your little children were ill you'd go to em wouldn't you let me get up this minute it was impossible to withstand little meg's earnestness mrs blossom dressed her tenderly though Meg could not quite keep back the groan which rose to her quivering lips when her bruised arm was moved. A cab was called, and then Mrs. Blossom and Meg with Dr. Christie got into it and drove away quickly to Angel Court. End of chapter 11